10 seconds. Come on, dude. Man, I already burnt like my whole 10 seconds. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's the Empty Bottle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Danny, alongside, as always, good buddy Zane. And Corey is joining us today because we got a lot to talk about, especially in college, which we'll end on because uh, we're just going to try to take that into the end of our time. But to start off every show, let's start off saying, what do you have in front of you? Uh, guys, I got a really special treat for you guys. First time whiskey um, that I've ever bought. We've got um, we've got Climax whiskey oh. out of Asheville Distillery. This is going to be my first time trying it right here live on the show here. Um, so we're going to give it a go here. Zane's never climaxed before. Oh my God, you got enough rocks there? I mean... <laughs> Holy oh yeah, crap. dude! I, I gotta have me some rocks. Oh my goodness! Oh, uh, I say it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's got a little bit of like a natural sweetness to it. It's like they use like oak wood for the barrels, I think, or something like that. Okay. Or I mean maple, sorry. Um, but yeah, so it's got a little sweetness to it. It's actually really good. Climax whiskey, Asheville Distillery. All right. I'm keeping it a little bit lighter with the yingling. I got finals next week, so I can't go too hard. But, Corey, what do you got in front of you? Yeah, I'm uh, drinking some Blade and Bow. We went back to the bourbon. Same. We're on the whiskey train. So it's one of my favorite ones. You know, it's it's this one's, you know, this was charred white oak is what this was barreled in so or aged in. So, I mean, I could really taste it too, Zen. Nice, nice. All right, well, it seems like a lifetime ago, but it just happened recently Last week, Bucks won the NBA championship, beating the Phoenix Suns in six games. Um, two small market teams didn't really see the dynasty teams go too far this year, which is kind of nice to see every once in a while. And I think a lot of people would like to see that going forward. Um, but, you know, is this set up to these teams, you know, show that they can maybe be their own little dynasties by just not relying on three big, the big three, where they can rely on their entire team? So, Corey, I'll start off with you. Do you think the Bucks are a one-and-done team, or do you think they're going to kind of maybe redefine what a dynasty looks like in the NBA? Uh, the first one, pretty easily. I mean, you think oh, okay. about it. Most of the <laughs> most most of the you know teams with a big three or the super teams, I guess at this point you call you could argue that some of them, the Nets, for instance, have more than a big three. Um, they've got like a big starting lineup. Uh, but I mean, I think I think the Bucks got a kind of had the perfect storm happen. There was a lot of injuries that played into them making it to the finals even. So, yeah, yeah, they definitely the had a lot really. of breaks. We, we talked about on last show uh how the Bucks were maybe like an inch, maybe a few centimeters away from being eliminated in the second round by the Nets because Kevin Durant's toe uh, his shoe size was on the line. What would have been a game winner turned out to be tying the game and putting it over time where the Bucks ended up winning. But man, they were so close to being eliminated in like the second round. Uh, Zane, what do you think, man? I mean, what do you, Bucks, they're going to be uh, one and done. You think they're going to be a dynasty? Or are they going to be like the Raptors, like 2019 Raptors, or they just kind of faded away? No, I don't think they're going to fade away like that because they have Giannis, who is a fantastic player but they need to make additions. I kind of agree with you guys and Corey. They really lucked out. I mean, to me, the Bucks and the Suns are like those cocky JV players when the, when the, <laughs> when the varsity players aren't around, they're acting all big and bad. It's just like, okay, well, <laughs> if the, if the real players were here, you guys wouldn't even be, you know, relevant. So um, yeah, I would have to agree with you guys. I, the Bucks need to make some additions. 
Um, the Suns, I feel like have a little bit more of a younger roster, so they have a lot of room to improve. Um, but I think the Bucks definitely need to make make some sort of addition um, to that squad. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think, you know, not to pull at Kendrick Perkins here, saying that the Suns are going to be a dynasty. Uh, he said that when they were up 2-0, so it's not like he was, you know, mm. saying like something really off the board. But, um, you know, I it does seem like they're maybe set up for future. I don't know. They, like we, me and we, we guys were talking about it. It was like they're a higher IQ team. They just kind of got out toughed in the finals and maybe just with some experience, DeAndre Ayton. Um, oh, God, who's the other? Who's the other? Um, why can't I think of his Devin name? Devin Booker? Yeah, Devin Booker. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name, but they're young guys. Uh, Milwaukee is an older team, so they've kind of been through the playoffs together. Um, so I, I don't doubt the Suns will be back. Um, kind of just depends on Chris Paul and his health. But, yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm excited. It was nice to see uh, two different teams finally make it to the finals this year. Um, NBA draft starts tomorrow, though, and uh, we got a couple favorite players in the draft. I know I would assume out of Illinois, my guy, Corey, I'm sure you got a guy out of Michigan who you're looking forward to uh, being drafted. And of course we're talking about the bulls and the Cavs too. Um, bulls, unfortunately do not have a first round pick, but uh, Corey, I'll start off with you. Who do you want to see? Um, I think Franz Wagner is in the draft, right out of Michigan. Where would you like mm-hmm. to see him be drafted? If not the Cavaliers. And then um, uh, I guess, who would you like to see the Cavs draft? This is this is where it gets kind of tough. Um, the Cavs have the most backwards roster with all of these guards, and it's all small ball um, until you get to like Kevin Love, and I think they have what is his name, Jared Allen. They just extended the qualifying offer to, and I haven't seen how that went down if at all yet. But um, I would like to see them trade out of that spot. Actually, um, oh yeah, okay. To, do do a Danny Ainge and just get a ch- treasure chest of bo- uh, picks, you know. Um, and then like as far as picks over the span of two years, yeah, I would love to see them do that because the roster is so young anyway. And Kevin Love, notwithstanding, package him with that. What do they have the third pick? I think package him with yeah. that pick, and you could probably get something pretty tasty back. I hate that I said that. <laughs> 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 it probably sounded a lot better in your head and then coming out it's uh did not sound as great i don't even know how long that was in my head before it came out of my mouth but <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna roll with it now i'm gonna say that a lot um and then as far as Franz, him and isaiah livers are both in this draft and i love livers he's been one of my favorite players at michigan for years now um Franz, i would like to see him go somewhere where he can he can kind of run and just you know I mean, they're not going to probably win no matter where he goes. He might as well go somewhere that he doesn't need to be good on defense because Mm -hmm. he's not. So, I don't know. Maybe somewhere – I don't know. Somewhere really young. Yeah. I don't really have a good pick for that, to be honest with you. But I think uh, that would be nice. And Livers, he's one of the better shooters to come out of Michigan in a while, not including Duncan Robinson. So, somewhere, somewhere that needs just some firepower off the bench would probably be a good spot for him. Yeah, uh, I'd like to see Io um, you know, Junior coming out of Illinois, but of course, and see him on the Bulls. But Bulls don't even have a first round draft pick this year, which kind of sucks as they traded for uh, Vucevic over the during the middle of the season from Orlando. And uh, so, 
I don't with the Bulls. I used you just try to find a hidden gem, like a good role player. Like I know Butler, he was a second round uh, pick. I mean, there's not many Jimmy Butlers in the second round that have been undiscovered, especially in today's uh, day and age. But you know, try to find a good role player. Um, and then for Io, I think you just like him because you kind of he's going to be a great like professional. Point. I don't ever see him being like a, a true starter. Um, but so you like, I would like to see him go, you know, to a playoff team and get picked in like maybe the twenties or thirties. I know that's like less money, but then at least like, he's not shouldering the entire load and he can like learn from a, um, you know, uh, experienced point guard in the league. And then he just doesn't have to backpack the team right off the bat and then have these high expectations. He can kind of just, uh, learn on the job. Uh, but with regards to the bulls, I mean, yeah, I don't really know where they can, what, how much you can really do with a second round pig Zane, what would you like to see the bulls do, uh, with a second rounder? I mean, do they even maybe try to trade that away and try to get a first rounder in next year's, you know, I don't even know what they do. Yeah. It's, it's really, they're, they've put themselves in a tough position, but I don't know. Just take a, take a, I was about to just say take a gamble on somebody with raw talent, but I, you know, or like raw athletic ability, and hopefully you can coach them up. Um, but I just don't have any faith in the fact that, or like that they could do that. Um, I, I, to be honest, I have no idea. Um, so you're pretty or, much saying that Patrick Williams is never going to develop. Dude, <laughs> I said that the night. I said that the night he was drafted. <laughs> unfortunately, ESPN here says that the Bulls' biggest needs are point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. Yeah, they definitely need a point guard. Bring, that's why they're going to bring back Derrick Rose. And I'm, I'm going oh to smile hey, once again. <laughs> I heard Cleveland has a couple extra point guards. We'll trade you one of those for. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, Io might, yeah. yeah. Io could possibly fall. ESPN has Io ranked as the 35th best overall player. Um, he could probably definitely fall to the Bulls there. Um, I'm kind of sad that Colby White didn't work out. He was a good, he was a good player at UNC. Just hasn't really. I I've I, seen he'll score like 25, but it's so inconsistent. No, like yeah, he he's like a good point. I, he's just not like the true ball handler like that they were trying to make him be, and they just haven't for years found like a true ball handler. Um, like Corey, you know, like a Big Ten true ball handler, like a Cassius Winston, like a guy who may not you know do all the scoring, but he can distribute. That's what Kobe White needs uh, on that team. He can't. He's not really made to be that guy, and I think he's you know. If they try to trade him, he's going to be undervalued because of that. But, you know, it's – yeah, like you said, Zane, I, it's kind of disappointing seeing what Kobe White is on, but he's still young too. Yeah, I mean, there's – looking at the the shooting guard list, we've got – just pick a guy, Quentin Grimes. He's got to be the guy for the Bulls. Quentin Grimes, 6'5", <laughs> shooting guard, probably lights it up from the three. I feel I, – I said this last year before we drafted that just brick maker in Patrick Williams oh that – we need some shooting. Somebody's got to open up this lane for Zach Levine. Zach Levine can pretty much take anybody off the dribble. We don't need anybody. We don't need anybody in the lane. We just need you to get out of the way and be open for a three. Okay. So we need a shooting guard, one that can really light it up from three. Is okay, there so some, on the board? some white three and D dude. Oh, no, out of like Villanova or something. Doesn't have to be Caucasian, but like just somebody. Jenny, who, we're going to go there right now. <laughs> 
That was not tasty. He's just alienating all of our audience, man. <laughs> all right. So we got our picks. Uh, I don't think we've landed. That. I, I forget. Uh, Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. Grimes. Okay, Remember right, so the name. It's Quentin Grimes. All right. They, all right. So we have Quentin Grimes going to the Bulls in number. I don't even know what pick we got in the second round. But in the second round, nonetheless. All right. Let's talk about some MLB hot stove. Trade deadline is Friday. So it's a couple of days from now. And we know the Cubs are going to be major sellers. Um, Cleveland, uh, I think they should be sellers. But um that, that's just my opinion. We'll talk to Corey about that. But uh, Zane, um, end of an era, man, uh, because, you know, Javi Baez, last year of his contract, Anthony Rizzo, last year of his contract, uh, Chris Bryant, last year of his contract. We already saw Lester go. Arietta um, pitches like me out there right now. And, um, you know, Wilson Contreras, he's, I guess he's got two more years. But a lot of these core guys are, you know, Jed Hoyer, the general manager, is just starting to shake things up because, like we've seen, it just has not worked the past few years, and he's just going to try to get some trade chips out of it. So, I mean, do you think everybody gets, you know, traded, or are they going to maybe try to sign a few in the odd? What, what, what course do you think they're going to do with each player? Yeah, and uh, speaking of end of an era, we've got uh, Cleveland Guardians next year. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, it looks like they put that logo together in Microsoft Paint, but uh, <laughs> probably paid some marketing firm $2 million to make that. But anyway, the uh, Chicago Cubs, I would say keep Javi Baez. Everybody else can go. Although Javi Baez got, just got fined for taunting. Like, who are you taunting? You're in second to last in the Central Division. You might you keep your mouth shut, Javi Baez. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I... I think they should probably sell everybody, but uh, just build around Kyle Hendricks. Guy's a stud. Uh, uh, he's not. He's not 2016 Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. Well, I. So what? You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would probably get rid of everybody except Javi Baez. Uh, just yeah, that that would be my go-to. But I'm not a GM, so. Yeah, man. I mean, my heart says keep everybody until the end of time. But well, they've no. proven that this core is. No, yeah, they, I feel like the core it. is complacent at this point. You don't lose yeah. eleven games if you're actually trying your hardest. You right. don't lose eleven straight games. No. So the, no, I it, feel like the core is complacent. Keep Javi Baez. You got to risk Chris Bryant being an MVP somewhere else because you know it's going to happen. But it it just feels like he doesn't doesn't want to he play just gets Chicago. injured too much that you just can't give him bryce harper money you know what i mean yeah that, that would we would be buried history. who who did we sign like remember the the, the zimbrano contract or whatever we're at the end of it oh it wasn't like oh god we're just like this is the worst contract i remember ever. kusuke fukudome i know he was supposed to be like the next big thing <laughs> yeah and i think i think zimbrano had a terrible yeah, Zimbra- contract yeah. as well it's just like yeah, Zimbrano. oh i remember carlos marmol Ed, Ed, uh the relief the reliever um god he was terrible you, you would you would go into the ninth with like a four-run lead and you'd go get a beer and come back and <laughs> Cubs, were, Cubs were trying to rally for an eight-run deficit. <laughs> uh, Edwin Jackson, he was – God, he was terrible. Um, I know our – Zane, you know him, Quinn. Uh, he could go on and on about those two guys. but Is that the guy who always wore his, his hat like to the side? Pedro Strobe. No, Pedro Strobe. Oh, oh that was good. Pedro Strobe. He was, yeah. I think he's one of the best relievers the Cubs have ever had. Yeah. Carlos Marmol might have done the same. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about the Guardians. They, um, you know, 
some intern just, you know, was like, you know, what, what could really work? And then he just, <laughs> and then he just saw the university of Dayton logo and was like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and just switched out the lettering and then just, uh, oh, no. made it their logo. So Corey, no. first talk about the new name change and then uh, what Cleveland's going to do. Cleveland's going to do at the trade deadline. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to at all. No, it's so terrible. I, it's definitely not I don't tasty. Even have, <laughs> the taste was missing. Yeah. That was not good. I very bland. Very bland. I don't like it at all. I don't know. You're right. Zane. Like, is that Microsoft paint? They popped it open, gave the toddler a little cursor and said, <laughs> see what they can do. I, it's so bad. I go, go St. Louis. I don't know. I'm over it. Like the Cleveland Guardians of the Galaxy over here. <laughs> sell, sell the team. I'm done. I got nothing. Yeah, I mean they're not that. They're not playing horribly this season though. They're 50 and 49. No. They're but they're nine. They're somehow they're. I mean the Sox are having a great season. Yeah. And they're nine yeah. games back, so that's unfortunate for yeah. them. Otherwise, they'd be winning the division. But uh, and everybody on the Sox is getting healthy now, so they're not going to catch the Sox. No, like I said, I give up. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, man. I, they, they... Yeah, I thought the Angels were having a better season. I know. I, I mean, just Shohei Otani is just having an amazing record-setting season. And, I mean, they're 50-50, and 50, but they're in fourth place in their division. I just I, I just assumed that they were having a better season. Well, well think, think about how many career – no, like league seasons Mike Trout has had where he's been like – He's like maybe arguably the best baseball player to ever play the game. And they've been to the playoffs once with him. So, I mean, now that he's injured right now, battling some injuries and Shohei Otani is doing kind of like the same thing on pitching. and Like it shows you just like one guy can't turn around a team. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he's you know, just been I, in God mode. The yeah, whole, I know. Whole but I love yeah. Joe. I mean, we love Joe Madden because of what he did with the Cubs. But yeah, for some reason, it's just not clicking over there. But I will say this, Corey. If we're able to normalize teams that are named after apparels like socks, like the Red Sox and White Sox, maybe we'll eventually get around to normalizing the Guardians. Just so <laughs> call them the Cleveland Boxers. I don't know. Cleveland okay. Huggies. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. I can't. I hate it so much. I wasn't, you know, the whole name change thing. I was like, I knew it was going to happen, but. Boy, oh boy, did they! This is this is the butt fumble of naming a team. Like, <laughs> they should have done like a fan vote or something instead of letting like five guys in a room figure out what they wanted. To I do. I can guarantee you, if they put it out for a contest, like uh, design it's gonna be. design a Cleveland Guardians logo, <laughs> win five grand, they would have come up with something way better than what they paid that marketing company for. I can guarantee somebody would have come up with something oh, yeah. better than that. Like, yeah. fan art I thought is, you meant so good. I thought I thought you meant that they were gonna put or they should have put it up for a vote for the team like new name, and uh, that that could have gone south very very quickly. That's what I thought with the logo um, too. We were gonna say like yeah, I could yeah. see that just getting dirty both for the name or the logo really fast. But no, like you said, like instead of paying two million dollars like they probably paid Zane to a marketing firm, they could have just like gave out five grand to it with a winner of like uh, i don't know if you ever remember this but like in the old sports illustrated they would do like um hockey helmet designs you could like draw and create a hockey helmet and submit it to sports illustrated and they would show it and they they were so good and and there's all these artists out there that could have created so much something so much better than that 
but that's what we got. It's probably so, one in Cleveland. Go Guardians. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Corey, it's going to be a long uh, summer, and then actually it's going to be a long next 20 summers. All right. So let's talk yeah. about what we really want to talk about. I've been geeking over this. I've been just nerding out over college football realignment because on Monday, Oklahoma and Texas told the Big 12 that they do not plan on re-signing with them after 2025 and that they're going to join the SEC. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they leave earlier than that, uh, depending on the buyout that they settle with the Big 12 conference. Um, so let's just start off with you, Corey. I mean, first, I mean, we got to talk about impact on the Big 12 itself, impact on the SEC. Then we talk, you know, can talk about the college football playoff, how that impacts going from a four to a 12 team. And then we just talk about like college football as a whole, you know, with the other conferences and even the group of five schools. So um, let's just talk about, how about, let's talk about this first. Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. What does that mean for the conference now? Um, it's going to be a whole mess. I mean, Alabama's still going to win their, yeah. you know, the SEC, but now they have to possibly be a slightly better team on the shallower end of their schedule. You know, like I, I still like Texas is not, and neither is Oklahoma. They don't, they don't scare me for Alabama the way that like an Auburn or an LSU would. Like if they had a special bad. year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Oklahoma and Texas have both been, well, more Oklahoma, but like in recent years, they've been competitive, I guess. But until they play a good team, once, you know, they play an SEC team, it's usually, you know, that's curtains, we're done. Right. So I think it's going to be an interesting, it's it's going it, to, some of the middle tier SEC teams are going to feel the hurt and then Alabama is going to keep rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Alabama is just in a tier of itself. They're just God country. Um, I think they like Oklahoma joins the ranks of Georgia and LSU. Um, and then like, you can maybe throw an Auburn in there and then Texas would be down with like the, um, I don't know, the Tennessees and the Auburns, um, where they're, you know, used to be good or they've had championships in the past, but they're just like perennially not a great team. Uh, or, you know, not a great team by SEC standards, you know, they're still gonna, I, I still feel like Texas is joining the SEC to be like a perennial, like eight and four team, seven and five team now, because they're in the SEC and go to like the Micron PC bowl in Detroit or something. Uh, but if they stay at like a four team playoff, this really hurts uh, the SEC and Oklahoma and Texas specifically Zane, because it's pretty much you're not going to be taking five teams or four teams from the SEC to be put in the playoff. Like you got to do multiple conferences. So I, do you think the other conferences kind of like push the brakes on a 12 team like playoff just so we can kind of like minimize the Oklahoma and Texas SEC impact? Uh, Yeah, they could probably do that. Sorry. I was, crafting an argument in my head and then you ask me a question and I just lost everything. <laughs> everything just went out the window. But I mean, so real quick, how many teams are in the SEC already? There's already like 12. Four, there's 14, 14 now. Yeah. There's going to be, well, there's gonna be they, 16 now. Yeah. So if they add the two, it's like, how is everybody, you can't have every team in the SEC. I'd, and for, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. 
Oklahoma's been boat raced by every SEC <laughs> team in the playoff. What makes them think they could go and compete with week all the in, top week teams? Out. Well, think beyond that. Texas hasn't even gotten the chance to get boat raced. They get yeah, beat before like, they get there. What makes you think that you're ready for the big leagues? I don't understand. Why not just go independent and you just pick and choose who you want to play every year? You can play all the top teams if it's if it's revenue that they're um I think I, I think the revenue the SEC like doubled the Big Twelve or something like that last year. Yeah. So so obviously they're looking for more revenue, but if that's what you want, just go independent. You could play be like play every Notre big Dame. team in every conference and and make the money that way. I, Danny, I mean, yeah, there's the bottom listening. feeders like Kansas and Kentucky. Well, Kentucky's actually been really good. Not really good, but Kentucky's been good lately. Um, think about poor Vanderbilt, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't even, oh, I can't even oh, think no. of Vanderbilt. That's how bad they are. I mentioned Kansas and not Vanderbilt. I, so. <laughs> I can't wait until like week one of the first year Texas is in the SEC and they beat Vanderbilt in triple overtime. They started saying, we're back. Oh, my <laughs> God. Going to lose every single SEC game for the rest of the season by 20 points. Yeah, I, to be honest, I really don't. I really don't get it. I don't know why they would do that. They're, the, uh, I, don't know. I mean, yeah, if if they're gonna have a twelve game playoff, you could go to the SEC and it's fine because probably like four four or five teams will make it from the SEC. But I don't know what about. I mean, Oklahoma would probably make it, but they would be to me. They're like a they're like a Georgia. They're like yeah, yeah. you're you're there, but nobody is threatened by you. You know, you're there, but you live as don't the Kings have that in the big 12. Yeah. So well, I think it's gotta it, be money, right? Corey. Cause I mean, it's like, you know, if you're the Kings of the big 12 and I know Texas hasn't been, but like narrative wise and money wise, they make more money than any other school in the country, Texas. And they're only second to Oklahoma. And, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they are far away, but they just get the right coach in place and they're right there with Oklahoma again, competing at the top of uh, the big 12. So it's got to be money, right? Uh, two things I can think of here. Uh, the money being the first one, I think that's probably the case. I think you guys are right. But I, it occurred to me that maybe they just kind of foresaw it being a situation of if it's not us, someone else is going. Might as yeah. well beat them there. I mean, look, they're already supposedly talking to Michigan and Ohio State. If they get all four of those, then they just cherry pick the top two money-wise and popularity-wise teams from the Big Ten and the Big 12. So it's like... Well, why don't they just make one big college conference then? Like, if, if you guys just want to play whoever you want to play, just just ban it. Like, or or kick at least kick somebody out. Kick Vanderbilt out. Good Lord. <laughs> I think it's easier to, to lock in long-term scheduling if you're in the same conference. Um, you know, I mean, they schedule some of these games. They sign like Michigan and Notre Dame were signing deals years and years at a time so that yeah. they would play. And now, obviously, they've had hiatuses and whatnot. And it's like, well, if we're if we're gonna do this, we might as well do this big, you know. And there's no doubt they're gonna make more money over there. That Danny had a point earlier; they might recruit better. I mean, there's a good chance at that. So then you got to think with the new, what is it, NIL or whatever, there's going to be more money involved in sports anyway. You might as well make sure you're getting yours, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it's you got to think, too, that with NCAA, after everything that's happened over the NIL, 
um, it, you know, in its conference realignment now, and just like the, the Alston case too, um, it just seems like the NCAA was already up against the ropes. And if they're not already a decaying like structure, they are now there. I think the NCAA is dead, at least like football wise. Um, they just don't realize it yet, but you know, that's also on them too, for just not getting out in front of this years ago, when everybody saw this on the horizon, they're like, it's going to happen with you or without you. So you can either be leading the charge and trying to steer the ship in the way you want to, or you can just kind of try to play by the old rules and think that everything's going to be okay. But um, that was the better way to say what I was trying to say about Oklahoma and Texas jumping ship now was help steer the boat rather than get run over by it. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. And um, now the other, now the big 10 has to be proactive because, you know, right now they make more money than the SEC. Um, so and I assume that if they, if Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, you know, doesn't surpass them, they'll at least pretty much meet the big 10. So you got to think the Big Ten is going to try to be proactive here. Although, you know, Corey, you and me have had conversations about Kevin Warren in the past. Um, and he, <laughs> I think we can agree that he is he is not a great commissioner or at the very least he's not a great communicator. So we have no idea what he's going to do. Um, so yeah, it, it's it. kind of interesting what the other conferences start to do. So, Zane, do you think like, uh, I don't know, the Pac-12 starts to – you know, decimate the big 12 and maybe pick off a couple of schools or big 10, what schools do you think they would go to? Or I was thinking too, that West, uh, West Virginia, just based off of proximity and they got control of a whole state um, might jump to the ACC. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if the PAC 12 is trying to pick anybody up. They, I mean, they just kind of operate in their own, in their own little world over there. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't see them trying to, to pick anybody up, but I mean, it's just besides Southern SoCal, I mean, Texas is the big, is the big state in Florida. You've got to win those. You've got to win those two States for recruiting. So if, if Texas, cause I, the university of Texas already wins the recruiting war in Texas, they get the top, they get the top guys. So I feel like in their head, they're losing out on Florida. And the only way to get the guys from Florida is to join the sec. Um, so I, that's probably what they're thinking, but I don't, I don't think the PAC 12 adds anybody they've got. Washington was good for a while. I mean, USC, I don't know yeah. why USC is not good. They've got plenty of talent in Southern California. Yeah. They, it's gotta be coaching, right? Like you gotta think so. Yeah. I mean, they, they should have Stan. I mean, Stanford's been really good as well. Um, and California is just always going to attract people. So. It, to me, I think the Pac-12 is set. I mean, maybe maybe the Big Ten tries to poach Texas and Oklahoma. I have no I have no idea. But, you know, maybe maybe they try and go for that. That would be very intriguing. I think. Yeah, there's that would be a huge yeah money making opportunity. I mean, Big Ten already makes the most money. Could you imagine if they? I think the only thing that would be holding them back is. Oklahoma isn't I've been reading up on this because I've been nerding out there Oklahoma isn't like a American research university or something Texas is and Big Ten only likes to add schools that are part of that organization so they can keep their academic standards high but like if you're talking about this much money and those two programs I think you just got to put that rule to the side 
Yeah, I, th- I think if you're the Big Ten, you're looking at like it. Uh, we'll kick Rutgers out. You guys want to come on in? <laughs> we'll kick somebody uh, out. I'm like, on board with that. I, I mean, I would like if you saw like Texas, Oklahoma every year. I, no, that's not what I meant. Like Texas, Ohio State, you know, that that every year. Or yeah. Michigan, you know, Michigan, Oklahoma, those games would be really, really good. So I think it's just as intriguing if the Big Ten could somehow maybe get their hat in the ring on that. Um, they got time. I, yeah, I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be. You know, they should be like, oh, well, we can't we can't do anything about that. I think maybe if they want to expand or or kick somebody out um i don't think the sec can have 16 teams that just seems ridiculous to me i like scheduling wise that seems like a there are already like only playing teams like once a decade uh just based on the scheduling and how you know they're only getting like i think like texas a&m is only getting georgia like once a decade on their home field like that is crazy um but man i think also a lot of people still think about uh, the big fish that's out there that's been out there for a while is trying to get Notre Dame into their conference. The ACC has been trying to do it. Big 10 has been trying to do it. I just don't think it's going to happen, but man, if big 10 wants to call itself a big player, they get Notre Dame into that conference. And then they're if not on level playing field with SEC, they're definitely going to be, you know, comparing themselves uh, money-wise at the very least. Um, yeah, so a lot of stuff to talk. To. I mean, this has like, man, like, like I was saying at the beginning of the, the segment, big 12 implications, they're probably disbanding, right? It's just a matter of time. Even if they add like some group of five schools, it's not going to be the same as they used to be. What happens to the Pac-12, ACC, and Big Ten? Do they start to try to poach other teams, try to expand to match Oklahoma and Texas? Do we start annexing? Yeah. Do we um, switch up um, the college football playoff? Uh, do we try to expand it past 12 teams even? Um, so we can just make it an SEC uh, playoff and then, you know, a couple <laughs> of like, schools from other conferences sprinkled in there. Um, so a lot of dominoes, a lot of fallout just from these two, these two schools switching conferences. It's not like, you know, Kansas State is – joining the big 10 or something. And that's all it is. It, this is like two perennial powers that are leaving. So uh, really cool stuff. And I'm sure we're just getting to the tip of the iceberg on this, but uh, boys, how was your drinks? Um, good. Uh, I would probably, I'd recommend it. Climax whiskey, Asheville distillery. It's pretty, I would, it's pretty good. It's not, not a lot of spice in it. So it doesn't like burn your throat. It's a real smooth. Okay. Um, real smooth whiskey. So I actually, um, I think it's 90 proof. Um, so it's not super, you know, super strong like that, but it's, it's very, it's got a good taste to it. Awesome. Awesome. Corey, how was it? It was good. I, uh, Bladen Bow is one of my favorite bourbons for the price. I mean, it's not like a cheap bottle and it's not a really expensive bottle. I think it was like 50 bucks. So it's, it's nice to sip on that. I didn't have quite as much ice as saying, for this one but i normally do i feel the i feel the need to have it chilled too bud yeah i'm a chilled kind of guy it's just how i roll yeah i mean zane had half the ice cooler in his cup but you know what <laughs> i had i i'm counting the ice i have five pieces of ice calm down oh they melted calm down oh, calm down 13 calm down <laughs> all right yingling was good as always as i prepare for finals next week wish me luck 
boys, that was a lot of fun. Um, we'll see what the fallout is with the college football playoff. And, um, you know, end of the Cubs as we know it. End of the golden era of the Cubs baseball. It'll be interesting to see what they look like on the other side. Um, we'll find out next week when we get together again and talk about it. So, as always, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you all again soon.